What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 105 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we're talking about organic gardening basics. If you're looking to get into gardening, organic gardening is a beautiful way to do it, to provide nutritious food for your family, and in a way that you can feel safe about it. That's the whole idea, right? And so today I want to share with you what I feel are the bare essentials to get started in organic gardening. There's a ton of gardening resources out there, but there's not a whole lot that talks about just how do you even get started, right? What's just the bare, simplest stuff to get started? So I want to give you that in a nutshell in today's episode. Hey, I'm recording today from a beautiful May day. Uh, or actually, it's June. June. Welcome to June. Um, it's so beautiful. Summer is getting here quickly. It's hot. It's beautiful. It's sunny. Plants are thriving, and I hope you're enjoying the beautiful weather around us. If you're listening uh, soon after this show's recorded, uh, you know that life is still on COVID lockdown, and uh, things are slowly starting to open up around here in southwestern Ohio. And um, life is, you know, life is good. So this is a wonderful time to really just focus inward on what we can do with our landscapes, what we can, how we can refocus our lives. So I hope you're taking this as an opportunity to help do some of that refocusing and internal, um, you know, introspection, I guess, right? Anyway, so let's get into today's show. I have a ton of resources to share with you today. Uh, Just the show outline itself helps you run through the bare essentials of what you need. And, you know, some of these things are are not, uh, you know, and then I go a little bit beyond that, of course, because I can't contain my excitement. Uh, I love gardening. I love the idea of producing food in our own landscapes, whether you have a pot, a balcony, um, a patio, or, you know, 20 acres uh, you you can produce some food for yourselves. Gardening is a wonderful way to do so, to get started, and and you know to do it in that old fashioned classical way. This is something people have been doing for thousands of years, right? And so it's time for you to get in on this action too. This is not something that's outdated. There's tons of new ways to do things as well, of course, but gardening is a beautiful way to provide. Uh, sufficiency for yourself and your family, good healthy nutrition, and to also stick it to the man, right? (laughs) So uh, gardening is a way where you can become reliable on yourself is basically what I'm saying. And of course, you're not going to generate all of your food uh, overnight for your whole family. It's not something that we do. We actually don't generate a lot of food for ourselves, even though I aspire to. Um, But we do work to garden and produce healthy food for ourselves and to teach our kids how to do so as well. So that's really important to me. So let's just jump right in. So today, basically what I'm talking about is a couple categories of things. So first, what are the goals of gardening? And more specifically, what are your goals for gardening? What should you focus on? Uh, what types of plants, of course, right? Of course, you're wondering, what types of plants should I grow? Probably. So we're going to talk about plants. Um, we're going to talk about specific amendments for your soil, uh, materials you might need, tools you might need as well. And then, of course, a bunch of resources as well that I'd love to share with you. So for today's show, you can always check out the show notes in your podcast feed there. You can also go over to easylivingyards.com slash episode 105, 105, and that'll get you all the show notes for this. I also have an awesome video to share with you in those show notes, um, a video on how to create a self-watering planter. So this is a planter with a reservoir of water in the bottom, so you only have to water it like once every two weeks, which is awesome if you're doing any sort of patio gardening or balcony gardening. It's pretty much an essential unless you're going to be out there at least once a day to water your plants. So, okay, so let's start with the overall goals of what you should, what you really, I recommend you focus on when it comes to gardening. And the first thing is to get a yield. All right, we talked about this in our permaculture show a few episodes ago. It's one of the focuses of permaculture as well. um, One of the principles. And 
And so getting a yield, basically what, what I mean is get something out of it, right? You got to focus on at least getting one thing out of gardening. We're not out there just to enjoy being outdoors, right? We're out there actually to cultivate the soil, to utilize the soil and water and sun, right? To, to actually produce something, to, to cultivate life through plants that can then return to us in the form of food, right? That's awesome. So basically what we'd want to do is create that magic, that magic that happens to actually get a harvest, right? So we want to focus on getting a yield. That's the first thing. So really one of the biggest cautions here is don't go too big too fast. All right, focus on just getting a small win first and then building upon that small win. Figure out what works for you, your time available that you have, your space available that you have, and the plants that work well in your space. And to build a cooperation to to create a beautiful home for your plants that then create beautiful, nutritious, nutritious yields for you. Okay, so that leads into my next one is start small. So this is another principle I recommend is start with what you can manage because then you can do a good job on a small scale and replicate it in the future. Okay. So while we all want to have, you know, a a boatload of produce tomorrow afternoon, it just in reality cannot happen that way. Right. So start small with a small garden space, make it work, make it work good, and then expand. Okay. Okay. Get good at what you can do with a small space first, and you'll be amazed at the amount of production you can get over a small space. Start easy. Start with plants you know you can manage. Start with things you, you with, that you can manage with your time as well. So a small enough space to manage with your time, for example. Don't overdo it. Start easy. Start small. And start close, okay? This is another kind of thing that comes over from my background in permaculture, Start where you can easily access your garden. So often we tuck our gardens in the back corner of our property if we have, you know, actual land. Because sometimes, you know, gardens can look a little untidy or whatever, right? And so people generally stick them in the back corner. Well, how often do you walk in that space even if you didn't have a garden there? Not often probably, right? So start close where you you know, can just take a a few steps out the back door and cultivate your plants. Take care of them. Tend to them. You can see them out your window so you can assess them easily from inside your home to see, oh, it looks like they maybe need some water or, oh, we're dealing with a pest issue or, oh, maybe it needs a little bit of fertility or something like that, right? So you can cultivate and manage your plants in a way that's easy, all right? It's not a, it's not as much of a task or a burden, Okay, so those are the basic principles that I recommend you start with and focus on these around these core principles of get a yield, start small, start easy, and start close. Okay, so let's talk about the basics of what plants need. All right, when you think about a plant, right, and think about gardening, we kind of already touched on this, is accessibility is very, very important. Okay, so Can you access your plants easily, right? But also, this goes farther. Can your plants access the right resources? So think about it from the plant perspective. Do they have good access to water, to sun, to soil, and to the the person that helps take care of that plant, right? So that would be you, right? So your plants need these resources to grow properly, okay? So make sure you can provide for your plants in a way that they can thrive and produce a yield and a benefit for you as well. Now, let's touch quickly on goals as well, right? So we talked about the overarching goals that I recommend you focus on or the principles, maybe we should say. But let's talk about your personal goals. What do you want out of a garden? Why are you thinking about a garden? Or why should you think about a garden if you're not? (laughs) So focus on what a garden can do for you and how it can best fit in your life. Is time a priority? Is, is time you have something so little of and that's the limitation for why you haven't grown a garden yet? Or is it just you have no idea what to do, right? So let's focus on what our goals are. You want to learn basically what to do to get started, okay? Well, this show is a great starting point, right? <laughs> um, if time is a limiting factor, how can you build a garden, whatever that means for you, 
and it's and the amount of time that you are willing or able to allot for it. Okay. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's you don't think you have the right space, right? So how can we fit a garden to the space you have? If it's a shady balcony, or a small patio, or a giant acreage that you have no idea what to do with. Whatever it is, how can you get what you want from a garden and how can you fit it into your space? Okay. And so that goes to the next piece is what do you want out of a garden? Do you want a ton of produce? Do you want just a little bit to feed your family? Do you want it to be a resource to teach your kids how to grow food or where food comes from or how this beautiful tomato is created? Whatever it is, right? What are your goals? Because that will define how you create and design and manage your garden. So get clear on that. Okay, so now we got a couple other categories to go through for today's show. Let's talk about, let's see, I'm looking at my my show outline here and I'm trying to figure out what's next best. Okay, so let's talk about maybe um, maybe some tools, okay? Well, actually, before that, let's just talk about the general process here. Maybe you have no idea what the general process of gardening is. And I think for a lot of, you know, gardening shows or, you know, TV shows, podcasts, articles, whatever, it's kind of hard for the the person hosting that material to convey these very basics. And, And maybe myself included. I grew up gardening, okay? My family grew up growing a garden enough to hugely sustain a good bulk of of vegetables that we consumed throughout the year. So my family grew a garden in a old suburb of the Cincinnati area. And um, so you'd be surprised what you can do on just a small plot of land. We didn't have huge acreage or anything, but we grew a ton of food. Mostly beans and tomatoes were a huge bulk of our, our produce, but then we also had a lot of other stuff we did throughout the years too. And we canned a lot of that to preserve that produce to be used throughout the year. So <laughs> I, I didn't even know what a store-bought can of, of spaghetti sauce ever tasted like until I was you know much older because we made all of our, our own um, tomato-based sauces for the whole year and enough to sustain ourselves throughout the year for a, a huge family. And, and likewise for beans as well. So green beans, <laughs> I never, uh, fortunately, I never knew what the taste of, of commercially produced uh, canned green beans tasted like, or even frozen for that matter. Gra- garden grown produce is just, it tastes so much better. It's amazingly better. Because those plants are happy, they're healthy, they're cared for in a way that's not just for the bottom line, but to actually produce healthy, nutritious food. And so how do you even just get started with the idea of doing this? This is a better way to start before we talk about tools, of course. So let me take a step back. So once we're clear on what you want from your garden, what are your goals, what's your time available, you know, what's your space available, all those things... We really want to think about, well, how do we even get started, right? So based on your space or time, you might be considering doing a potted garden. For for that, you definitely want to check out the, the show I, I, or the video I just made on how to make a self-watering planter. I walk through step-by-step uh, the process and actually create in front of you a very inexpensive self-watering planter where it has a reservoir in the bottom of water and that water can wick up into um, a potting substrate, and you can grow healthy food um, in that pot. And so you only have to water it like once a week, maybe once every two weeks, depending on you know how quickly your plants are growing, how quickly they're using up the water, how dry it is, those factors. But it's super easy to do. It's it's super inexpensive. You can build a ton of these types of planters. There's all sorts of different designs that you can, you know, modify this simple, I used a five gallon bucket in the video. So, um, you can modify it, you know, to fit whatever reservoir you need. People do this with giant, you know, plastic tubs, um, all sorts of containers. You can do this. It's easy to get started with something you have. Most people have a five gallon bucket. So check it out. It's worth a watch if you're considering a container based garden to start with. So that's great if you have only a patio space, a balcony, whatever. When uh, my wife and I, soon after we got married, we lived in a condo for a couple years. And um, 
I just had such an itch to, to actually grow food. I, I couldn't help it. I, I grew a container garden on our balcony. And it did awesome, <laughs> of course, until we left for like two weeks and I, I didn't have self-watering planters at the time. And of course, everything shriveled up and kind of died, but it was awesome. You can, you can produce a ton of food on a balcony for, for very inexpensively. Um, I, I don't know if I said that right, but something like that, right? You get the gist, right? So it's very inexpensive to get started is what I'm saying and very easy, Okay. This doesn't have to be a complicated process. You don't need tons of fancy new tools. You don't need tons of fancy new equipment or fancy, you know, soil um, fertilizers and stuff. The basics are super easy and super impactful. So start with the basics, okay? So if you have a balcony, patio, think of that container gardening. If you have a patio, you can even consider building a raised bed on your patio. I'm not going to get into the details of building a raised bed right now. That may be a resource for a future show or video. Um, but for now, basically what a raised bed is, is a you build just an above ground frame, uh, usually out of you know landscaping timbers or something, and you fill it with soil mix that you can, um, and usually you line it with something first, like a landscape fabric, and then you put some soil mix in, um, and, and you can plant directly into that. So you don't have to worry about what conditions are your soil, how good is the drainage and all that stuff, you know, that can be pretty complex, um, sometimes, uh, depending upon your conditions. So, so something on a patio, that's something you consider as can consider as well is you could even build a small raised bed directly on your patio. If that's all the space you have, even a two foot by two foot raised bed planter can yield a ton of produce for you. Okay, you can plant greens in there. You can plant large vegetable plants in there. Um, you can, you know, it's super accessible too. So you can be out there managing it and cultivating it, looking for pests, insects, and just, you know, instead of buying a bunch of chemicals to manage them, you can just kind of like, you know, spray or flick those insects off when they're causing issues. And that's it. All right. So um, when we go beyond that, if you want to actually have an in-ground garden bed, it's not too difficult. Okay, here's the reality. Pretty much everybody you talk to complains about the soil that they have. You know, you talk to somebody out in Phoenix, Arizona or whatever, and they're like, oh, my, you know, I basically don't have soil. It's all sand. It, you know, the water just drains right through right away. Um, It's horrible. I can't even hold anything. You talk to somebody around where I live in, you know, southern Ohio, and they complain about, oh, all we have is this dense clay. You can hardly even dig through it in the middle of August. It cracks up and everything. It it doesn't drain at all. It's horrible. You know, and, and everybody, in be, you know, the people in Phoenix, the people in southern Ohio, they're jealous of the people that live in the middle, in the middle of Iowa or whatever. Oh, those people have, you know, perfect loam or whatever and, and, and whatever. But the reality is most of us that live in a homeowner development have degraded soils, depleted soils, the top soil has been scraped off, the rest of the soil has been compacted through development, and then there's turf grass put over it. It's it's bare those you know, those turf grasses are barely surviving, barely clinging on, and, and we don't really have soil left. That's the reality for most places. We would all love to have a better condition. Well, it's actually not too difficult, not too bad to create a space that can work for you. So first, I want to refer you to an episode, a recent episode, Healthy Soil and Why You Should Care. All right, that's episode 96. Go over to easylivingyards.com slash episode 96, and that'll take you right to that episode. Of course, there's a link in the show notes too. That covers all the basics of, of really how to create healthy soil, but the super, super condensed version of that whole episode is... Organic matter pretty much solves everything. And what do I mean by organic matter? Well, that's uh, you know plant material, plant material that degrades and feeds your soil. Okay, that all that organic matter, what it does is it helps improve drainage for dense soils. It helps retain water for loose soils like sandy soils and everything in between. Plants love organic matter, especially especially vegetable garden plants. So. Providing good, healthy, organic matter uh, to your garden to build up a new garden bed is is uh, really a wonderful way to start. Okay. Also, another episode here, a couple episodes here. So, one, 
how to stu- start a new garden bed. <laughs> okay, that's a throwback to to episode 10. So easylivingyards.com slash episode 10 uh, takes you to a whole episode where I go through the basics of how to start a new garden bed. Whether you have a lawn or a weedy patch or whatever, how to turn that patch into a garden bed that can grow you food. Okay. Now this works, the same process works for landscaping beds as well. Okay. And so that's an awesome way to go check out learn how to do that so we don't spend too much time talking about it today. But again, the basics are cover up the previous stuff, smother it out, get it dead somehow. I prefer an organic process for that. Um, So go over to the show to check that out, episode 10. Um, And then build up a nutritious layer of, of food for plants above that. Okay. One of those things is compost, of course, too. Compost is super awesome stuff. Um, having access to good, healthy compost, um, is, is an amazing resource. Um, so go over to easylivingyards.com slash episode 97. So episode 97 talks about how to compost. All right. And that's an, another amazing tool, um, to help your garden. Now you don't have to get started with composting right now or all that mess, but the reality is if you live any anywhere close to an urban area, there's probably a resource, either a municipality or um, uh, some sort of program that that either sells compost or gives it away. And here's the trick. Just do the basic smell test to see if you have good compost. If you can grab a handful of it and put it to your nose and smell it and it doesn't smell rotten or nasty and it smells kind of either like kind of sweet or humusy, like, you know, rich soil or like a kind of... Um, earthy like a forest floor if it smells like any of that your compost is good enough and you should so basically if it's a kind of pleasant or earthy smell good to go if it's a kind of rotten smell or putrid smell don't use that stuff okay you can find bagged compost at a lot of home stores Um, i like to use organic mechanics uh brand stuff Uh, i'm not i'm not funded by them or anything Um, but organic mechanics is is available on the northeast coast of the u.s and the surrounding areas um, out toward the midwest as well and uh, they're sold through whole foods a lot too so check them out if you live in that region Um, but basically adding some compost to your to your garden bed uh, goes a long way Um, and also if you have access to worm castings it sounds gross but basically worm poop is like supercharged nutrition for plants okay so that's awesome stuff too if you can't get access to compost it's a lot more expensive a little bit goes a long way all right and you can even like basically take what you have soak it in some water and spray that water out all over the garden bed is a good way to distribute that nutrition as well okay so all right i don't want to get too detailed here i'm trying to keep this show simple but basically the idea is build up organic matter compost is organic matter that's accessible to the plants um, pretty much from day one and then also you can talk about other more organic matter like adding um, chemical free lawn clippings uh and uh, chopped up leaves uh, from trees, you know, in the fall or whatever. Whatever organic material you have, um, some of it breaks down faster than others. But I built beautiful, beautiful garden soil where we live right now. In about two years, just by layering on good, healthy uh, compost and leaf litter and uh, lawn clippings to take what basically I dug down in this. If, if I would dig down in that soil right when I started the garden bed, it was bare clay. There was nothing there. There was about maybe a half inch of, of kind of like a dark brown, uh, I guess you could call it topsoil right at the edge of the turf. And then as soon as beyond that half inch, it was like orangey clay. It was dense clay. And now I can dig down about 12 inches and get deep, black garden bed material. It's, it's full of rich, humusy, earthy, organic material, and it's awesome for plants. So you can do that too. I will put in one word of caution here, which is be careful of manure. It's, it's an age-old tradition to spread manure, uh, you know, composted manure in your garden bed. Be super careful because now there's a lot of um, hay fields that are sprayed with a... Um, an herbicide that is persistent and it stays on the plants and it gets digested and passed through 
um, livestock and the manure still carries that herbicide. And so then when you spread that on your garden, it basically kills everything in your garden. Guys, I've made this mistake. I've dealt with it. It's no fun. All right. So, um, uh, it's persistent a persistent herbicide that's causing problems with manure and turning it from a resource, a beautiful, wonderful, stinky resource into something that's just basically waste now and a huge problem. So, um, be careful with manure. Uh, if, unless you can a hundred percent confirm that the, the hay that's being eaten by the horses is not treated or cattle or whatever, right? Usually horse manure is something I've dealt with more than, than cattle manure. Uh, both of them, you really have to make sure you let them sit hot. You know, the piles get hot, kill any pathogens and that sort of thing. Um, you know, so old manure is usually good um, to go. Um, or if it's still got a, you know, a manure smell, uh, you can compost it just by turning it about once a week for a couple weeks. Um, okay, so just be super careful with that stuff. All right. Um, and I already talked about, you know, I jumped forward to my amendments section already. Um, but I want to get back to, again, if we're starting with a garden bed, use the resources already available. Go to How to Start a New Garden Bed, Episode 10, Healthy Soil and Why You Should Care, Episode 96, and How to Compost, Episode 97. Even if you don't plan to compost, it's super important to understand what compost is, how to find good uh, quality compost. So I, I kind of go through all that in that episode. Those three resources will get you started on putting a new garden bed in the ground um, and, and get started. Okay, so those are the basic processes, no matter where you live, of how to get started with gardening. Okay, now you're wondering probably, okay, what kind of plants do I use? Um, that sort of thing. How often do I water? That sort of thing. Basically, the plants will tell you, okay, when it comes to watering, you need to have, of course, the right um, conditions for your plant. So most plants like full sun or mostly sunny conditions. If you don't have that, don't worry. A ton of greens, you'll greatly extend the season of, of salad greens and those types of plants. Anything that grows foliage, um, in, in shady conditions. So those things work awesome in more shaded areas. Um, you know, a lot of people, no matter what conditions you have, there's something that's not perfect about it. Everybody has a complaint about their space. The, the real thing is to get out there and get started and get trying and try and grow the plants that are adaptable to the space you have. Okay. All right. So, so beyond that, we do need a couple tools, we need a couple of materials, and we'll need a couple amendments to get started. And the water piece, I forgot. Okay, so water, um, you basically, you know, if you have, it depends on the conditions, right? So if it, it basically, you just got to go out there, see how dry your soil is, about half inch below the surface, um, check for wilting on your leaves, things like that, that are indications of low water. Um, you want to water deeply more than light waterings frequently. So deep waterings will help your roots grow stronger and deeper and be more resilient to, to um, stressed uh, drought conditions. And so you'll have better, stronger plants with deeper waterings. They'll grow better, and, um, and you have to water less frequently that way. Okay, so tools. The very, very basics, if you're starting small like I recommend, you don't even need a shovel, guys. You can start with a trowel if you want, okay? Um, of course, a garden spade shovel is super helpful, but I'm, I'm just trying to bear this down as, as simply as possible. Start small, invest small, grow from there, okay? So a trowel, a good, sturdy, quality trowel. I'll have links to all of these in the show notes. Um, guys, there are affiliate links to, to products I do recommend. Either I've used them or, um, you know, know that they're good quality products, okay? Uh, but I just wanted to let you know, an affiliate link is basically where it's at no cost to you. I get a small commission if you click on the link and buy, all right? But you can still click on the link and check it out if you don't want to do that whole process. That's totally fine, all right? Um, so, basically a trowel, what you want to look for is a, a solid shank. All right. So that means you don't want to find those ones where it's like a plate, a curved plate that's welded to the handle because the weld always breaks or bends right at the weld. Okay. So, um, don't get those ones, get a full solid one. There's one I have by Corona. That's an awesome shovel or awesome trowel. 
It's aluminum, so it's super lightweight. has a nice molded grip to it as well. Um, so that's a great trowel. You can actually, the, the like, so that one's like 12 or 13 bucks. You can also get like super cheap ones. They have like these plastic resin ones that are like 97 cents usually or two bucks or whatever at your local home store. Um, Fiskars used to make a really nice cheap one too. I don't know if it's still available anymore, but those little composite ones are super inexpensive and they're, they're, wonderfully effective so each of our kids has a little one none of them have broken um they're great all right they've gotten stepped on they've gotten thrown you can imagine uh what what little kids can do with with stuff so um so get a trowel you want a watering can it doesn't need to be amazing or anything i do like my super durable watering can it's made of galvanized steel by a company called barons um super nice it's like a three gallon can so it we usually don't fill it all the way up because it gets super heavy, but um, but that way you can kind of go around your garden and do a lot of watering with on one, just one fill. Um, you definitely want some garden gloves. Uh, these don't have to be anything fancy or amazing again, but I do like those nitrile coated fabric gloves. They're super nice because if it's a little wet out or you're working in the, the early spring or late fall when it's a little cold, um, they help keep your fingertips from getting super wet if you're still doing stuff. And, and all also, um, they have a, a really good dexterity, so you can do weeding with them and, and all sorts of stuff. And it keeps you, you know, the your fingernails from getting nasty and stuff, or just being all brown all the time and stuff, uh, and covered with dirt. Um, so super nice to have. Um, you you know, if you if you live where, here's a good design tip: put your garden where you can access it with a hose. So if if your garden is near a hose. You might want a hose um, or a hose bib. You might want a hose. Okay, so get a hose, a decent quality sprayer. I'll have links to two of those as well. Um, the hose I linked to is actually a, a rather expensive hose by, I think the brand is Gilmore. Um, you can buy cheaper hoses. Um, they just don't last as long. So a good quality hose takes you a long way Um lasts a lot of years, but if you're looking just to get started, a cheapo hose can do the job. Of course, I, I always try to avoid waste too. So if I can pay a little bit more for quality and have it last a lot longer and know that it's not going to landfill sooner, I usually choose that. But again, if you're, if, you're really budget limited. You can go cheaper and it works. It just doesn't last as long usually. Likewise, you probably want a sprayer for that hose to a hose end sprayer. So I have a link to a good one there as well. Um, check that out. You know, those little multi sprayers are pretty nice. I've had uh, mixed success though, with the ones you find at your local, um, you know, Walmart or whatever, because a lot of times they just end up the, the gaskets fail or whatever. So I have a link to a good one in the show notes, uh, with all this stuff, there's a link. So um, so these are not must haves, but kind of nice to haves, um, hose, uh, a shovel and a garden rake. Okay. That'll get you through most of your gardening guys, those tools right there. So we're not talking about a major, major investment. If you're talking about, again, if we're talking about pot, <laughs> gardening in pots, let's put it that way. If you're, if you're looking at gardening in pots, um, you know, the self-watering planters I'm talking about, you don't even need a shovel or rake. Um, you can get away with gloves, watering can, trowel, um, and, and that's it. All right. And, and you're set. So, um, don't go overboard on this guys. I'm trying to keep this as minimalist as possible here. So next let's talk about some materials that are helpful. Again, not, not all of these are necessary. So think about your condition, think about what you're doing, think about your goals with the time savings you might want to have. So that's kind of why I list some of these things, but they're not bare essentials. Okay. We, we just talked about the bare essentials, a little bit of compost, a little bit of topsoil, um, some trowel, a, a trowel, a watering can, gloves, some pots, that's it. Or a raised bed. That's it. That's all you need. And of course, some seeds, right? Or some plants. That's it. Okay. So these guys are a little bit bonus stuff. So self-watering pots we've talked about already. Check out the link to the YouTube video. Super helpful to go through that. Super easy. You can build these. You can collect all the materials, all the tools you need to build it and to actually build it and get a plant in the pot in, in less than an hour. So that's how easy these are to build. Okay, you if you have stuff laying around your house from various projects like me, you probably have all these materials on hand as well. Um, and if you don't, um, you, 
see if you have anything that can do the job that's not the same exact materials I'm using. All right, so so check out that video if you're looking to, to do some uh, gardening in pots. Okay, uh, next thing, if you're doing gardening in a garden bed or somewhere, uh, you might want to consider a hose timer with a, you know, a tiny little sprinkler on it or something. We don't want to go overboard with a crazy irrigation system at this point, but something with a hose timer that does water your plants, maybe, um, you know, maybe once, um, every couple days or something, if you're in a super high or super dry or super hot um, climate, uh, or period, uh, in your season, uh, maybe you could do it daily. Um, but again, just, uh, think about that. Um, hose timer. I've never used one guys. So, um, you know, you can have a very successful garden without a hose timer. My parents have never used one. They've gardened for, for about 40 years, um, that I remember. <laughs> and, um, uh, so you don't need them but they can make your life easier if you're looking to save time and effort. Okay, but they can also waste water too, all right? Remember that pretty much all of the U.S. is on strained water resources, um, especially if you live in the arid west of the Mississippi. Um, but even here in the eastern U.S. where we get over 40 inches of rain a year, um, we're still stressing our water systems. So that just keep that in mind uh, with what you're doing. Okay, so next, um, uh, borders. You, you might want some borders around your garden bed. So this is if you're making a raised bed, uh, of course you need to build it out of something. Or even your garden itself, you want to uh, prevent stuff from creeping into your garden, uh, you know, all the turf grass and things like that. Um, fencing, uh, if you live in a, a heavy um, pest area where there's larger pests like deer, uh, possums, raccoons, skunks, rabbits, uh, chipmunks, those types of uh, critters, uh, squirrels, they will get into your garden. Um, I usually try to, as long as they're not decimating my whole garden, I try to share a little bit with them and just let it be. Um, but we do have a fence around our garden. It takes some effort to do. Um, for now, start small, start easy. Um, you know, a temporary fence for this year is totally fine. You know, get a win first, right? But protect your win too, right? So you don't you don't need to wage warfare on the critters, but at the same time, keep your keep your hard work valuable um, to yourself and make sure you get a yield out of it. So if you need to put a, some sort of barrier around your stuff, do so. Okay. Um, plant markers are helpful too. I always forget where the plants are, but especially when we're new and we're not sure what the plants that we're growing exactly look like through all their life stages, it can be really tough to tell what's a weed and what's not. So some plant markers are super helpful. These don't have to be crazy or fancy. Um, we just, we just put a bunch out, me and my kids. Um, they marked them all with they, they made their own out of popsicle sticks, okay, and tongue depressors. So you can do it with just whatever you have around. Um, we have tons and tons of those for crafts and stuff, so we just use them. It's a renewable resource, which is super nice. Um, and <clears throat> so you can, you can get some online as well. There's plastic ones. There's aluminum ones where you can kind of like etch your whatever you're doing in and then kind of flatten it out next season and reuse it again. Um, there's a lot of different types, um, but just use a basic plant marker. I'm not even going to provide a link to those. I've never, I've never bought a plant marker, so I can't recommend one specifically. Um, and stakes. Stakes are, um, are good as well, especially given certain plants. Um, they need staking to grow properly. So like tomatoes, uh, you can grow them where you just let them sprawl. But if you're trying to maximize your space, uh, they need some sort of, uh, staking structure. Some things need like a trellis. You can just use stakes and twine, uh, to build those for certain things. Remember here, we're keeping it simple. So let's use the basics of what we need to get the job done. Okay. So those are some materials. None of these are absolutely necessary, especially in all conditions. So, so kind of as you learn about what specifically you plan to grow, get the stuff you, you need and start with that. And you can always go out and get stuff later, right? So, um, now our economy is so accessible that you can have something delivered to your door in a day or two. Um, and it's super easy to get. So 
None of this is stuff you need to go out and just binge buy right now. Okay, so now let's talk about amendments. We already got into this, but amendments are things that you add to your soil to improve it, okay? So if you're starting with a new garden bed, you might actually put in something called topsoil. Um, So topsoil is usually stuff that's scraped off of a development uh, as developers are developing the development. And um, I just wanted to see how many times I could use that word in a sentence. Um, (laughs) uh, So... And, and basically then store it at a, a landscaping wholesaler and you can buy it and put it in your space. Now, it, it works. It's not always the most nutritious stuff, um, but it works and you can use it. And sometimes you can have some weed issues with it, uh, you know, because there is a seed bank in the topsoil um, sometimes. But it's, it's workable and it can get you started, okay? Uh, secondly, you might actually buy something called garden soil, which is usually a mixture of topsoil and sand and compost. So it's a little bit more nutritious for the plants, um, kind of ready to go. And then the sand helps improve drainage. Um, so you can get that stuff too. You can use what you have and talk about the, and do the layering process I talked about just recently. Um, so plenty of ways to get there, guys. Uh, amendments are things that once we have our garden bed in place, these are things we can add to it to aid the nutrition throughout the growing season. The first and the absolute go-to I use, if I use anything, is compost. Compost is such a wonderful resource. It solves so many problems that really I rarely have to go beyond that, okay? Worm castings, I already mentioned too. It's basically, think of it as like hyper compost. It's full of both compost, good healthy compost, and worm castings are full of biological life um, and also nutrition. And so they're awesome, awesome, awesome resources for plants. Beyond that, uh, of course, I also mentioned grass and leaf clippings. These are also super resourceful, um, not only in adding to the organic content of your garden. Usually it's something that doesn't help in the immediate future um, from that standpoint, but it'll help next year as it starts to break down, okay? But it does help with the life and also as a mulch, if you put it, you know, a mixture of grass and leaf clippings or basically if you do too much grass by itself, it gets kind of funky and nasty and it's not great. But if you have some sort of dry material along with the grass, um, it works awesome. So basically what you're doing is you're adding a, a, a light mulch layer that prevents weeds from hap- from uh, popping up in your garden. It also helps with moisture retention, and so it's an amazing thing uh, from multiple levels. All right, so think about that. Also, if you need just a super, super nutrient boost that's still kind of like organic um, and natural-based, you can consider uh, seaweed or kelp. Um, so you can find a bottle of this it's called like liquid seaweed liquid kelp or kelp Um, you can get it as a granular like a kelp meal too Um, so these are helpful for um, providing good accessible nutrition to your plants as well of a lot of different nutrients so all right that's a amendments in a nutshell i really don't go beyond that guys um so uh stick with simple stick with easy and your plants will take care of themselves plants have been growing uh for thousands or millions of years right so um we gotta get with our global timelines here so anyway all right so let's talk about plants all right this is the last segment here is plants you're probably wondering okay, Ben, this is great with all this garden stuff, but really I just want to know how, like, what plants to grow. Okay, well, I can't give you a clear answer here. That's the short nutshell. It depends, of course, on what you want, uh, what conditions you have, and also, um, well, let's just get into it, all right? All right, let's just get into it. So first, we want to select the right plants for our space. So we talked about accessibility, right? When, or what our plants need to be accessible to. Water, sun, soil, and you, right? They need to be accessible to all those things. You need to be able to cultivate it. The soil needs to feed it. The sun needs to feed it to get that whole photosynthesis thing going. And water needs to help it drink, right? That's it, all right? That's that's what plants need. So make sure you have the right plant for your space where your space provides the appropriate conditions for the plant, okay? Next, we want easy disease-resistant plants, okay? And last, this is really important, guys, something you already eat, okay? (laughs) You don't want to go out and buy a bunch of kohlrabi because it sounds cool and you've never heard of it, 
but you don't know how the heck you're going to actually eat this stuff. You don't want to go buy turnips if you never eat a turnip. All right? So buy something you actually eat. You know you will eat. You know your family will eat. Okay? Start with that. You can always expand later and experiment later, but you want to start with the basics, with things you know, something that will provide you a yield. Right? We talked about that. Get a yield. If you grow a bunch of kohlrabi and your plant, your your family decides it's disgusting, you decide it's disgusting, you have no idea how to prepare it, I have no idea how to prepare it, it you don't get a yield, right? You don't get something from your garden. So that's the whole idea here, right? So stick with that. So let's talk about some plants. The easiest, uh, the category that's easiest to me is herbs. So if you're into herbs at all, if you cook with herbs, consider growing these quick win. One of the easiest, it's an annual, is basil, all right? Get some basil, either already started from your local garden center or get some seed, and you'll be amazed at how well it grows. Same with cilantro. Uh, For some reason, when I first started planting cilantro, I could never get it to grow, but then it would pop up the next year. So for some reason, I didn't have the right conditions the first year. The seed survived through the winter and grew the next year. And I have cilantro everywhere, and it just pops up all over the garden now. All right, so sometimes what seems like a failure can turn into a huge success. <laughs> um, so basil is awesome. For all of these where you actually eat the foliage, guys, I really recommend trying organic, um, getting organically grown plants. Most garden centers do not have organically grown produce plants, and you you never know what you're eating on those leaves, okay? Some chemistries that are in um, herbicides and pesticides are incredibly, incredibly persistent or break down into things that aren't wonderful by them by themselves either. And so you want to really be sure what you're putting in your mouth. Okay. So if you're getting pre-started plants and not, not starting with seeds, you want to get something healthy. So go organic. It's really hard to find some organic stuff. Um, the local Whole Foods around us does sell organic uh, garden plants to start with. So check there if you have like a, you know, a health food store around you. Okay, so herbs, thyme, basil, rosemary, sage, oregano, mints, chives, garlic. Let me go through that again. Thyme, basil, rosemary, sage, oregano, mints, chives, and garlic. All of these are super easy to grow. They do require slightly different conditions. So when you get the plant, read the little plant tag, give it what it wants. All right. Or, you know, use that thing called the internet. Look up which of these fits your conditions. Okay. Get clear on what conditions you have first, so you can then narrow down what plants you can grow easily. Okay. That's what we want to do here. So um, thyme, rosemary, uh, sage, oregano, they all like pretty, they actually really thrive in pretty tough conditions. And that's actually how they get their stronger flavor is in that those tougher conditions. So they do awesome in, in a lot of situations. Um, mints, I just want to warn you, mints are notorious for running all over the garden. Okay. So, so make sure they're in a contained spot or where a place where they can run wild and free, uh, once you get them established, but there's all sorts of wonderful mints out there. You can use for teas and all sorts of, you know, to, to spruce up your dishes, uh, salads, that sort of thing as well. So, um, check out all those herbs. Herbs are a wonderful, easy way to get a yield and get a success out of your garden. Okay. Um, greens, Greens are another awesome way. When it's too hot, it can be tough for a lot of greens. Um, Chard is one that does well all season round. If you like to eat greens, um, you'll probably like something like chard too. Um, So lettuce, spinach, kale, chard, and beets are the ones I listed as easy ones, okay? Beets are awesome because you can eat the tops and the bottoms, the whole plant basically. So you see a lot of those red beets that people serve and whatever, pickled beets, Pickle beets are great. Um, I never liked them growing up, um, but the the greens themselves are amazing as well. Okay, so even if you don't like the roots and you don't want to eat the roots, you, they're a wonderful way to to enhance the drainage of your garden and decompact your garden soil. So even they even though you're not getting a yield from the root if you don't want to, you can still use them to build the nutrition of your soil. And you can still yield the greens. So beet greens are really good. Chard is really good. Again, if you're not going to eat them, don't grow them, okay? But they they have a longer season uh, than, say, your lettuce. So 
lettuce is a good early season and late like basically early to mid late spring and then late summer through fall grow lettuce grow spinach if you like those um kale is a good cool season crop some kales especially depending on the climate you live in you can get a harvest of kale all winter long okay so um check out the plants that you will eat uh that you can grow in your space greens are an awesome way to get a yield and get it quick all right you can you can start harvesting lettuces if even if you grow throughout the if you can get you know little starts and stuff um or start the the seed indoors, transplant them outside. Um, you can you can get a, a yield of kind of microgreens lettuce all season long as well. Just harvest it super early when the leaves are young, and you'll still get a harvest. And it'll still be awesome. Okay. Now the downside with lettuces and spinach and stuff is in the heat they they bolt they go to seed because that's their natural habit and and that's their life cycle so that's why they don't do well in the heat if you have a shady garden they'll last a lot longer through the season there okay so greens awesome herbs even awesomer um veggies let's talk about veggies so super easy veggies radishes you can spread the seed out it'll pop up um just keep it you know moist to germinate and you'll get radishes growing in your garden they're quick to harvest um, as long as you're taking care of the space, they'll grow. All right. So radishes only again, only if you eat these guys, right? But radishes are easy. Beans are, are super easy guys. Um, beans are something pretty much anybody can plant from seed as long as the garden stays a little bit moist while they're germinating and you keep the plants a little bit moist while they're growing. Um, you're pretty much set. I mean, you do have to manage for pests here and there and stuff, but, um, get some bush beans if you don't have like a trellising structure for them to climb on, get some bush beans and they can fill up a space and give you a ton of beans as a yield. Um, and it's awesome. So if you eat green beans, check them out. If you eat other beans, check them out. All right. So grow some beans. They also help feed the soil, which is awesome because they're nitrogen fixers. They're great plants. Zucchini is another one, guys. Grow some zucchini if you like zucchini and grow a couple plants. They'll take up a lot of space, but they give you a ton of yield for each plant. Okay, so um, zucchini is awesome. You can make zucchini noodles out of them, a zucchini lasagna. Um, just eat them as like grilled roasted zucchinis um, or put them in, you know, fresh dishes with like tomatoes and balsamic stuff. I don't want to get into recipes here. I'm not actually a great chef. <laughs> but um, but I wanted to just point out zucchini is pretty versatile stuff. All right. And it's healthy. All right. So, so zucchini or summer squash, like your yellow squash as well. Um, those do pretty well also. So just get them going, keep them watered and they'll be happy. All right. Squashes in general also can grow very prolifically and can be very easy. Now I want to say that zucchini and squashes are tough to transplant. So usually you want to plant those from seed. Um, we're talking about early June right now. This is the time to plant uh, your squashes. It's warm enough. They'll be happy. Get them going, <clears throat> and you'll get a yield. Excuse me. And next I want to say for veggies, another super easy one if you like them is sweet potatoes. So for each of these guys, don't rely on me right now for all the details of these just because already this episode is super long, but go out if any of these plants sounds good to you, it's something you eat, something you like, something your family likes, research it, learn how to grow it, and grow it. All right, guys, that's what this episode's about. I wanted to give you the bare basics of how to start a garden. All right, so for let's go through these plants again. Oh, I, I miss perennials too. I love perennial plants, guys, so I can't help but highlight a couple perennial plants. Um, super easy ones, blackberries. Make sure you get a thornless um, and not uh, a thornless variety and also not a running variety, okay? Something that's not going to go all over your garden, but the thornless ones are super nice. Blackberries are super nutritious as well, um, and they're super easy to grow. So if that sounds something delicious and wonderful to you, grow some blackberries. They'll keep producing for you. They're awesome. Um, strawberries, likewise, you'll get a yield out of strawberries for a couple years or, you know, you can also look into how to keep them, keep a bed going if you want to do that. But, but just to start, get some strawberries in the ground. You'll get a couple of years of yield out of them with, without doing anything except providing good quality soil for them and good moisture consistently. Um, 
rhubarb. Rhubarb is something I've never grown, but I do know it's a super easy annual or super easy perennial to grow. It comes back year after year. Um, be careful because the leaves are poisonous. The stalks are not. Um, you still have to cook them, so be careful. Um, if you grow rhubarb, just be careful. But um, some people love it, and it's a super easy perennial to grow. Okay. Um, asparagus. Um, asparagus is also very easy once you get it established. This is not something you will get a yield until about two years in at least. All right. So basically you prepare a bed for asparagus, you plant the crowns, um, which are these kind of root groupings of your asparagus. You plant a couple crowns, you let it grow this year, let it get happy. Next year you let it grow. Um, you let it get happy again. You might be able to harvest a few shoots, um, in the spring. And then the following year is when you'll really get a good harvest and it'll produce for years and years after that. Some people have asparagus beds that are super, super old, um, and they love it. So if you love asparagus, it's worth getting started. Once it's started, it's super easy. All right. You do have to manage it for pests here and there, make sure it keeps enough fertility. But other than that, guys, asparagus is great stuff. Okay. So, all right. So let's run through this list again. So for plants, make sure it's the right plant for your space. They're easy and disease resistant. And very, very importantly, something you already eat and know you like. Okay. So for herbs, thyme, basil, rosemary, sage, oregano, mints, chives, garlic. For greens, lettuce, spinach, kale, chard, and beets. For veggies, radishes, beans, zucchini, squash, sweet potatoes. For perennials, blackberries, strawberries, rhubarb, asparagus. Guys, I hope this is a great start for you. I hope you really are psyched to get something growing. There's um, you know, this is the basics. We can get more complex after this. Um, I'm always here to answer questions. You guys can always ask me a question. You just go over to easylivingyards.com slash ask and ask me a question, guys. And I'm happy to, happy to help you with the detailed question you have. Okay. You notice that I did not list tomatoes today. Everybody wants to grow tomatoes, it seems. Uh, tomatoes are awesome. I want to grow tomatoes. We have tons of tomatoes growing this year. I actually want to make sauce out of our tomatoes, just like when we grew up um, this year. And the reason I didn't is because tomatoes, they, they are, they are a little tougher. They're not as easy. All right. Celery is one of the toughest garden plants that I know of. Um, But tomatoes can be tough too, to get started. Um, They require a lot of nutrition. They require a lot of moisture. They require a lot of sun. All right, that's what tomatoes need, um, and it's a little bit tougher to manage them and to get them growing. All right, and I will say if you're if you're just dead set on tomatoes and you got to grow them, grow a couple, see how they do. Also, what seems to always work are the little cherry tomatoes. So if you love just little salad cherry tomatoes and that's it, and you're happy with them, grow those. They always seem to produce, and they produce and produce and produce and produce. All right, they're awesome little plants. Um, so if you're set on tomatoes, consider that you can also just grow one or two of the other ones, um, and see how they do. And you know, you might, you might be successful with it, right? So, but just don't go overboard. That's, that's my biggest caution here. Don't go overboard. Don't burn yourself out this year. You want to get a win just like with landscaping. That's what I talk about. Get a small win first, build off that win. That's the same with gardening here. Okay, so again, check out, I'm going to wrap up here, finally, right? So this show is supposed to be your go-to resource for getting started in gardening. So listen back to it, take notes if you need to, reach out to me if you have a specific question, easylivingyards.com slash ask. You can also go, guys, every single episode, if you click on the link to go to my site, there's a comment section, you can comment right there too. I, I see those comments as well, so you can always comment there, ask me a question guys. All right. So again, run through of all the resources for today's show. Um, a self-watering planter video I just posted on YouTube. Um, if you're looking for a patio garden or balcony garden, check out that video for sure. Super helpful resource, super cheap and easy way to get started with being low maintenance in your garden as well. How to start a new garden bed, episode 10. Gift ideas for gardeners. Guys, I actually didn't talk about this one during the show. 
gift ideas for gardeners. I just went through this whole awesome list of gift ideas for gardeners and homeowners this past holiday season. These are tools I use on a frequent basis that are I've tested and they're durable. They're they they they're not cheap, basically, right? I don't like cheap stuff. It's just a waste um, and waste of energy, waste of resources, fills up the landfill, waste of money, guys. So. Good resources. If you're looking to expand beyond the basic list I listed today, go out and check out that show, um, Easy Living Yards, episode 94. There's also a video there for that as well if you want to see them in person. Um, How to Build Healthy Soil and Why You Should Care, episode 96. How to Compost, episode 97. Guys, all these resources in the show notes. Check them out. Of course, thanks for tuning in. Happy gardening. Make tomorrow better than today.